Hello, and welcome to a podcast of a radio show of a thing that happened earlier today, or whenever, because this is a podcast. I really shouldn't focus on the today element. Then again, we do churn out loads of them, so I imagine they listen to more of a whatever the French for brain is in a mousse-bouche, because the bouche part is the gob, isn't it? So whatever this thing to try and tickle the other parts that no one's allowed to reach these days. That's what this podcast does. I mean, this intro has made so little sense, even I'm thinking of doing a drug test. Um, But here's what we did on radio earlier today. Good afternoon, I'm Stephen Allen. What's on the show today? Well, it should be a good one. Um, This show covers a lot of weird things. We talk about aliens a lot, we're doing that today. Talk about time travel, AI, Loch Ness Monster, probably going to get a mention. And this is a new one that we should add to it. Henges, or whatever the plural of a henge is. Hengi? You know where they just create a henge? Actually, there aren't too many henges, so maybe you don't need a plural, but we're going to get to the bottom of the henge later on. There's a story about a toilet thing that we'll save for the podcast, because that's disgusting. Um, Oh, you know how scientists, boffins you might call them, they have, they invent some weird stuff. Still no news on that cure for the common cold, but we can now make a woolly mammoth burger. Yeah, so we'll, we'll delve in. For a while now, this is yesterday's newspaper, I will willingly admit, we didn't spot this on the show in time yesterday, but I'm bringing it back, not even in an only or any other business category that we do. This is a news story that makes this show correct. For ages now, whenever we've talked about science, we've noticed that newspapers call them boffins, and we've, we've cocked a snoop at it. My snoop was fully cocked. Because it's a stupid word. And if you call, I think we said on this show, if you're calling people boffins, you don't really know what the rest of the sentence is. If you're talking about science and you're calling scientists boffins, you're guessing, mate. That's what's happening. Well, it's in the news now that scientists are demanding that they're no longer branded boffins. Scientists must be listening to this show. They say that it conjures up the wrong image and is putting off youngsters turning to science. That I'm not sure I agree with. Yes, it conjures up the wrong image. A boffin, you imagine crazy hair, test tubes, white lab coat. That's the reason I got into science when I was young. I mean, I wish I could still grow the crazy hair, but... um, So apparently, they want... uh, the boffins, Boffins from the Institute of Physics want the term commonly used for scientists to be binned. The Brainiacs, according to this newspaper, say that one in five of its members see it as an insult. What are you going to call them instead, though? Because you can only use the word scientist once in a newspaper story, can't you? That's why That's why they struggle. I think uh, Madcap Professor, that, that one's probably going to help. But it just goes to show this show was right all along. Now, if anyone wants to listen to the rest of the things we do and turn it into policy, we're all doomed. Um, how healthy are you? Because if you're really healthy, you probably don't listen to this show a lot. We tend to talk about chocolate most days. So I get the idea that I'm appealing to a demographic that's not at the peak of physical fitness. There are no no Bruce Waynes out there. However, for the rest of us, this is good news. More than half of adults say that it's becoming too expensive to stay healthy during the cost of living crisis. You're thinking, eh? That's not good news, Steve. That's really miserable. The cost of living, I didn't realise they meant that kind of living. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it is good news because previously, previously, if I wanted to eat bad food or not go for a run or not lift my weights or do any of those things, I had to come up with some sort of excuse for it. But now, according to the papers, I just blame it on the cost of living. No, I would go for a run, but um, inflation. I 
it doesn't make any sense, but it doesn't have to these days, does it? Good news. They've created a giant meatball made from woolly mammoth DNA. Oh, good. No, I'm glad we... I've always wanted one of those. Experts uh, took the DNA sequence from the extinct animal's myoglobin globin protein. Myoglobin protein. And then they put it in a sheep. Oh, right. So it's got the flavour of lamb, but the texture of woolly mammoth. I mean, I never thought, do you know what's missing from my life? The ability to eat extinct animals. This is like Jurassic Park if Jurassic Park were entirely just a, an eatery, just a branch of five guys. So apparently they then grew the meatball in a, in a lab. So I guess you could mince it and have a burger. I don't know what to ask really off the back of this one as a topic. Um, if you could eat any extinct animal, what would it be and what would you call the dish? That's the thing that's gonna make this a trickier topic. For example, um, if you were going for, um, Dodo balls. There you go. There's one. I need to think of another one now. This is trickier than it looks, isn't it? Um, if you're thinking of something that's extinct and you're making a dish out of it, you could go for... Da, da, da. Rich T-Rex. It's a biscuit, so I'm stretching, aren't I? But they've invented mammoth burgers, which seems like a brand that should already exist, but I actually mean they've made a meatball out of woolly mammoth DNA. Nothing's stopping you from cooking it. Apart from the cost, I imagine. But um, so John gets in touch with things that are uh, extinct and the dish that you can make from them. He says, "How about Yeti spaghetti? I'd buy a tin of that." Okay. Uh, deep Panasaurus pizza. <laughs> and who got any more? What's he got? This. Oh, Loch Ness monster munch. Do you know what? This show often covers things like that. I'd buy some Loch Ness monster munch. And the thing is, you'd eat it. You say that doesn't taste like Loch Ness monster. No one would know. You can make it taste of anything. It's like when they brought out hedgehog crisps. Although I suppose you could find out what hedgehog tasted like if you were really committed. But let's not think about it. You know that we talk about aliens on this show quite a lot. Well, there's more in the news. The Pentagon has refused to release top secret footage of UFOs being shot down last month. Well, it must be aliens then. Because I think that's how conspiracy theories work, isn't it? If they ask a question that you can't answer, they imply that means everything they posit is true. I was on TV a while ago talking about chemtrails, and I, now I'm getting emails from people going, oh, well, actually, can you explain this, Steve? Oh. Joe Biden's government stands accused of a cover-up after three mysterious objects were blasted out of the sky in three days. It must be aliens, then. I mean, at the time, I was saying I don't like the idea of shooting at aliens, because it might upset them. But I am more worried that they will try and broadcast on radio waves, because they can pick them up. They could be listening to what we say. And if they try and reply on 107.5 megahertz, well, all very well. Erithlings, we have been monitoring your radio broadcast to learn about your species. I heard that your scientists have spotted that your sun has a hole that could cause solar storms that could affect your communication. So if you are lucky, you'll still get the songs, but miss out hearing Steve. And I don't know, you would have heard an alien, I, I wouldn't know what they were saying. I hope it was nice if they said anything, but you never know, do you? Previously, previously on the show, we were talking about how experts have used the DNA of woolly mammoths. They've still got the DNA. And instead of cloning the whole beast, they put it in sheep for some reason. And they've made some woolly mammoth meat, which 
I mean, at least it's not gonna rampage. It's not gonna be like Jurassic Park in that it won't then breed. But it could give you indigestion. I don't know if it's a fatty meat or not. If you were gonna eat extinct animals, would it be the woolly mammoth? What would you go for? And what would you have the dish called? Um, this, I mean, technically not extinct, but I know where John's going with this one. He'd go for sugar puffs. <laughs> that, one's, that one's got me, to be fair. Um, he also says, Aunt Nessie's roast potatoes. Loch Ness Monster, regular theme, regular theme. So you could add to this if you would like to eat an extinct animal, which I, I imagine they're tasty because some of them would have gone extinct because of all the eating. So it's their own stupid fault. According to experts, Stonehenge may be nothing more than just a stupid pile of rocks. Because for ages, people have tried to work out, is it some form of calendar? Is it some way of measuring where the moon is? Is it some sort of a... I don't know what else it could be. It's also pretty huge for a calendar. It's not. It's certainly It's not a desk calendar. You put that on your desk, you've ru ruined a desk. That's what it is. So scientists have disputed claims made last year that it was a solar calendar with 356.25 days. 25 would be a bit stupid, wouldn't it? Quarter of the way through, you're halfway through the morning, and the next thing you've got to start the next day. They say that it would have not been accurate enough, and probably is just like a shrine, a memorial. I prefer it to, I prefer thinking that when the druids, whoever it was, put it there, it's not a calendar, it's not a memorial, it's just a prank. Imagine the commitment you'd have to be like, oh no, let's put some stones here so that people in the future you know, almost make it look like it's a calendar or something. That'll wind them right up. We were talking about if you could eat an extinct animal made into a dish, what would the dish be called? Thank you to Paul who says, saber-toothed tiger loaf. Yep. No, that's good. I like it. Like a normal tiger loaf, just bigger teeth. I'm not sure. Not sure what it would be, but we don't need to know the details. That's the point. So there's the podcast. Pretty much done for the day. The other news story that we found that we couldn't really broadcast was this one. That a bum-splitting Viking poo measuring 20 centimetres long and 5 centimetres wide remains the largest turd on record. Firstly, you're going to have to clean that record. But 20 centimetres long, that's not the problem, is it? The length of a poo is not going to... You just takes that. It takes extra time. And we're impressed that back in Viking days, they didn't have Twitter to read while they were sat there. But five centimetres... Have we got something that's five centimetres long? No fair play. And if we're talking diameter, not circumference, because if you times that by pi... Oof, what would, what's that there? That's... Okay, no, I can see that that is um, somewhat impressive. Although I've seen things on the internet that are more impressive... But I probably shouldn't, uh, I should remove those from my search history. But, it's, you, it's, you know, you accidentally Google things in there. And next thing you know, <clears throat> I, when I was looking for a replacement for shaking hands during the pandemic, we all knew about the high five and I didn't know what fisting was. So anyway, we've said enough. We've said too much. So instead, what we'll do is say subscribe to wherever you found this podcast. You can uh, tweet me at Mr. Stephen Allen. And until next time, bye.